it's either you go down to break everything that is in your way or you have an okay season and then the opinions around you and the, the eyes are saying ah, he's not ready or he's not what we expected to be. I remember I was on my last year of contract as well so it was like what's next for me after this i don't know it, it was uh, me against myself i knew I, that i had it in me and i was about to confirm it that was our guest for today lafc goalkeeper and mls cup champion maxime crepo and my name is omar zini welcome to the life through sport podcast early in the episode you'll hear all about how max signed a homegrown contract and played in a youth world cup by the age of just 16. and after hearing that You'd probably think that that resume would be enough to solidify a pathway for him to become Montreal Impact's future number one. Unfortunately, that just wouldn't be the case. Instead, Max would have to earn his stripes in the USL Championship, one league below Major League Soccer. And as you heard in the intro, Max would relish this challenge. He recognized the opportunity it presented, the opportunity to confirm his belief in himself. And throughout the episode, you'll see that each one of these triumphs just left him hungry for more where his ambitions quickly grew from solely becoming a starter in the league to now winning trophies. This would be the driving force in his decision to leave the Vancouver Whitecaps and eventually join LAFC. All of these invaluable experiences have made Max into the goalkeeper and man that he is today. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear Max tell his story. Once again, you're listening to the Life Through Sport podcast. My name is Omar Zini. Enjoy the show. Three, two, one. Nervous? No, I just like to breathe. <laughs> I like to breathe a little bit before. Uh, Maxime Crepeau, how are you doing? Good yourself. I'm doing okay, man. How are you? How's the recovery been so far? I know the routine may be a little bit uh, different than what you're used to in goalkeeping, but how's that been? Yeah, well, so far it's been really good. Uh, to be honest, we had an um, amazing thing team around me, just trying to put things uh, together and making progress on a weekly basis. And uh, the routine, you know, I'm someone who arrives a bit early at training, and so. I just arrive uh, a little bit more earlier than the earlier. <laughs> so uh, it takes a bit more time to to get the leg going, obviously, because uh, because it was a major injury. But uh, in the meantime, uh, if you do a little uh, a little bit every day, uh, a little bit more to achieve your goal at the end of the day, well, uh, things can can go faster than the process. And so uh, so far, it's been great. Yeah, I mean, just speaking to you after. The injury happened and and the time has that's passed through you know the winter break and everything again it seems like you're somebody who is very very driven and was it always like that or is this kind of a new perspective after the injury no uh, if i want something i'll go get it um yes i'm i, I do think uh, that working on objectives and vision is something that works i just don't work uh just like this, oh, this morning I'm going to do this or do that. No, I have a purpose in, in, into my training and into what I do to uh, achieve the objectives that, that we put ourselves. For you, have you been able to, to go back into the season and say, you know what, I could have improved on this and all that or no, not yet? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Um, I believe I was doing it in the season, so imagine after season. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, after every game, after every uh, month or so, I uh, kind of have a retrospection and in, into the things that I could have done better, things that I have to keep going at. In this sense, you always there's always room for for improvement, mm-hmm. especially in the spot that we were uh, we were in. We had to to keep going in order to get the double, and so uh, yeah, it's something that uh, that I I was doing for over the years, and I'm I'm still doing it. I'm curious in this season, how often are you? Uh, watching video is it after every training after every game how do you how do you balance that 
training, you know, there's footage and we have access to this. And uh, when there was a, a bit of action that was curious or doubting on either my positioning or a goal that I conceded or something that really uh, was in my mind. I was um, going on the platform, I was checking the videos, things that I can control because it's important. And then uh, in games, I think two days after the games, this is where the adrenaline go drop off. Every goalkeeper is different, every person is different. Some guys are already on their phone watching the films right after the, the 90 minutes. I'm not like this, I need to go down a little bit, uh, have maybe one day of, of really checking out and then the second day I go back in. Yeah, it's a, I think the last year, back it up a little bit. I've actually, I mean, I've used to watch USL highlights a lot and obviously that's kind of where you made a name for yourself early on mm -hmm. and I knew who you were. And so when I got the opportunity to come to LAFC, working with you, there was a, I always forget that, I'll never forget this. I always mention it to people when they ask me about you, I'll just say, yeah, there was a moment where, you know, I think it was an offside in a small-sided game and I forget who it was, one of the strikers and you, you know, he stopped because they blew the whistle and you, like you had already completed your movement and you were like, shoot it, shoot it. And then I think we're all kind of like, he called it offside. What, what do you mean? And they shot it and you made a really good save. But it was like, no matter what the situation was, let's keep it game realistic. Even if it's offside, finish it. Who knows? VAR, maybe they call it back and, and you had to make the save anyways. So I feel like you've always, for me at least seeing you, you've always been locked in and somebody who doesn't really shut off. So is that you're wired like that, you said? Or was there like a moment where that switched for you? Um, I believe in training. Uh, I've always been the guy who went uh, a bit more and try to cover every every situation. And this moment in training, I, I do remember, I think it was against Moose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was against Move, but yeah, movement, everything. He, he done his movement. And I was like, this small-sided game is end, ended after this. So just have it, have it go. But yeah, I mean, we both did a movement. Everything was, was <laughs> fluent. So I was like, just do it. We're there. Yeah. But I believe it's important to cover every single angle and to do over-prepared sometimes. Um, overwork is better than underwork, in For my sure. opinion. So that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, again, before you had the success with LAFC, before you were, you know, undisputed number one and all the accolades that followed that, you started off in the Montreal Impact Academy. So you signed, I think, there when you were 16. I think 2010 was your, your first season. But what were you like as a young goalkeeper prior to that? Were you always hungry for it? You always somebody who wanted to be a goalkeeper or did you play on the field at times? No, I, I was a defender when I started playing. I was eight. And uh, I have an older brother. He's three years uh, older than me. I watched one of his practice and I told mom and dad, uh, I want to do like my big brother. <laughs> I want to <laughs> do like my older brother. And so uh, I was the next uh, week's training at the youth level in Montreal. At eight, I was defender. And then at 10 years old, uh, our goalkeeper wasn't there for the start of the season. So I stepped in, never went back after that, never went back. And uh, at 15, I started training with the first team. 18, I signed my first contract. And so it's uh, it's been a ride, yeah. Yeah. What were some of the like early trainings and things that made you fall in love with goalkeeping? The adrenaline. I was a kid with a lot of energy, so I like to throw myself uh, here and there as well. And then with time comes the technique and how you learn how to be a goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah. I remember you were a big-time shot stopper. 
I think that was one of the things when I used to watch you, it was just like your reactions and the saves that you would make would just be so athletic and it would just be like, oh my God, this guy is putting himself into these positions and out of nothing, say Gordon Banks. I mean, everyone remembers the Pele header against Gordon Banks, but like you made a lot of those types of saves. Was that like the selling point of your game at the beginning and then you refined everything else or were there coaches that came to you and said, hey, like you have something in the athleticism and the shot stopping aspect, start wrapping up the other things as well. I believe it was one of, uh, well, uh, for a goalkeeper, you need to put the ball out of the net. Sure. That's it, right? Yeah. That's the number one thing. After that comes everything else, but keep it out of the net. And so when I was younger, I, I believe uh, shot stopping was my number one uh, aspect of my game. I believe I always like to play with my feet. And as a young guy, uh, back then I was able to play left, right, which is not given to to anybody sometimes and so uh, I, w I had that facility that normal flow of going left or right even though I was in a young age and uh, now I'm just fluent with with both even though I don't have the same power with my left it's pretty accurate as well so yeah. um, I'm able to uh, to move with that but at first it was more shot stopping keep it out of the net mm. and then everything everything else came in after yeah. that it was the the crosses after that it was the feed the communication the positioning all the aspects of goalkeeping yeah i mean i can see it right foot left foot you speak so many different I mean, how many languages do you speak to uh realistically uh two okay. and um I'm, I'm getting around with my spanish if okay. you drop me somewhere anywhere <laughs> in the world I'll, i'll survive and i'm good <laughs> yeah yeah you do i mean I, we have a lot of uh, latin americans here and, and hispanics here so I've, i've seen you use it on the field and the french obviously with mark dos santos and, and not denny yeah. um, but uh for you at the beginning in montreal academy were you always the number one or did you kind of like have that early fight with somebody who was your equal in that sense yeah i had the had three guys two of my good friends to this day uh, the goalkeeper union was uh, samuel uh, Samuel Dufour, Jason Bollier, and myself, which uh, they were six foot two, six foot two, and then we were super young. It was the fight between the three of us to get that number one spot at the academy. But what I love about the relationship that we had, even though we were young, we were friends before uh, being colleagues on, at, at work. And so uh, we, we were happy for each other when another one succeeded or another one made a good impact or good action. And there was no jealousy. And at a young age, it's, it's rare to find. So yeah. this was really a, a luxury to have within our group. Yeah. How did you find your way to, were you the definitive number one at some point? Like, did you guys, did you kind of beat them out or were you guys going one, two, one, two or some games back and forth or? At my early stage, I had a few injuries. So uh, Jason was number one. Sam was number one at one point. They were kind of uh, in and out, both of them. And uh, when I came back from injury, I started playing. And uh, from there, I never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. And how early did you get your Canadian national team, the youth national team call-ups? Was that... Uh, I was 15, yeah. 15, wow. 15 for the under-17s. It was the first few uh, camps still a kid but this is where you really understood okay i've been in the program for <laughs> over a decade now uh, not the senior program but the whole program for over a decade so it's been uh, quite a ride a decade with the men's uh, team it's been quite a ride yes and then you realize uh, how far you come along now <laughs> now that you look back at your yeah. at uh, at your way Yeah, you've had some incredible experiences. You being in the Montreal Academy and signing at, uh, you said, 15, correct? And then you go, what, a year later, you're getting you know called into the Youth National Team of Canada, and then you do play the CONCACAF uh, 17s 
championship, which is obviously the qualification process to get to the U-17 World Cup. And let's go back to when you got the call to go to your first youth national team camp. Was that a sign of like, again, perfect progression? I've been working my, my ass off to get to this point, and this is the logical progression for me? Or was it like, this is a huge moment? I think it was uh, a progression of things. I was super happy because um, I was doing well on my club level. And then the call came in and uh, it was literally the first time that you experience a thing like this. So it was more discovery, excitement. Once you're on the spot and with your teammates, it's more, uh, all right, let's do this, let's win it. But at first, it's more uh, excitement because it's you're pretty young and it's the unknown, you know. Who were you around when that, that call came in? Was it a call, a text, an email? I believe it was an email, okay. and I don't remember when oh, I, where no. I was, but <laughs> I don't remember. I might be home. I, I might be home more at school. Yeah, you're still young. There wasn't that much going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so you guys win the CONCACAF qualifying. Not win. You guys, I think it was the U.S. in the final. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, uh, extra time. I remember was. this. I don't even want to yeah. say the score. I mean, it, it, I, I've been doing my research with it. I was like, oh, added extra time. Oh, 3-0. I don't know how that kind of yeah. happened. Do you remember anything about that tournament? Five minutes of L and that's it. <laughs> Do you, uh, in that tournament, did you feel like you belonged? Like you felt like you, like you said, your competitive nature comes out, but obviously there's some, some points. For example, I had Oka on and he was saying that, uh, you know, 38 years old, he was thrown in, Kevin Trapp gets injured. He goes in, plays his first game and he's like, oh crap, this is going way too fast for me. I think I, <laughs> I think I need to just, so was there a moment where you were like, oh, is this too fast or this is exactly the speed that I'm at? No, that's that's exactly the speed that I'm at, at at this moment. I remember, I don't think we conceded until that goal against the States. So five games, we were just going through through teams and things went well. We were solid defensively, had my, my part to do to, to keep the games tight. And then we we took on, on the lead and then killed games. But it was really a nice moment because I was like, hey, I like this. <laughs> like, I really like this. And the then, adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the adrenaline was probably kicking in, in high gear right there. Jeez. Okay. So then from there, you guys go to the U-17 World Cup. And again, now it's another step up to playing, you know, even better competition. Uh, what happened in that tournament for you? Do you remember anything from it? Yeah. Playing the first game against Uruguay. When I get out, because I got injured that game, I have a contact at minute 70 or so against an Uruguayan striker. And I did ACL, MCL, both partially tear, no surgery, but it was a really interesting one. And it took nine months to recover from this one. So I played lately. I played an amazing game where Uruguay was better than us. And uh, it's one of those that you had to showcase yourself where you have to put five, six, seven saves in in the first hour of play. And then uh, that's without the crossing and all that stuff. So it was really busy around the box. And uh, this is one of those that you, you have to, to step in and to play well. And eventually I get hit. And from there, uh, nine months later, I'm starting to play back. So it was a good moment, but it was a tough one to see. Oh, man, here we go. Yeah, yeah. That uh, recovery process, was that your first time dealing with something that, that severe? This was the, the first time, like a nine months recovery process, a knee. It was my uh, it was my left one. Now uh, the knee is perfect. So life mm. is good. No, <laughs> nothing to, to declare with, with that knee. So it's perfect now. But at first it was like, oh man, I'm out of the game and I need to recover and come back. Uh, that was my first thought. And but we were young and it, it happened kind of fast yeah yeah i mean seeing what's happening now i'm sure again that's those are all moments that you kind of look back on and say damn okay as soon as i've processed what's happening what's the recovery time boom my mind goes from yeah i don't feel sorry for myself anymore let's get back to mm -hmm. it yeah that's a that's a mental state that a lot of people are, are chasing after it's hard to to always be on the grind so it sounds like that's something you're 
you're doing all the time. But uh, so yeah, cheers. <laughs> coffee. So now obviously you go back to your club and let's see from that time to the recovery and you're still at Montreal Impact. Was there a sign after you came back that, okay, hey, this is a club that's going to try and promote me to the first team? Yes, I, I was training with the first team. First few trainings were at 15, 16 years old. So I was finishing high school, going to class an hour and a half in the morning, going to training with the first team and finishing an hour and a half or two in the afternoon. So I knew I was in the environment. And at 15, it's uh, it's where I, I told myself I can really do something here because uh, I'm the only one of my age training with the group. I'm feeling comfortable when I do so. Am I at the level? No. But do I have the potential? Yes. So I was really excited and driven by, by that project. And uh, when I came back from the under-17s, uh, obviously, I went through rehab and I started training uh, once again with the first team, playing with the second team. So it was a, it was a good moment for me because it was the, these days that you had double a day and then you're not tired and you just keep going. And eventually, when I was 18, this is when I signed my first uh, my first contract. And it was after the under 20s qualification period. Mm. Yeah. The 20 qualification process. Did you, you didn't play in that tournament, correct? Or did you do? I did play. I okay. remember playing. Cuba, I think we lost once again against the States. Oh, yeah. I do, yeah. I think it was semifinal. Uh, so under 20s, I do play the whole tournament, and that's in Mexico. And when I come back, this is where uh, there's a fern and table to, uh, to sign in Montreal, yeah. And you're the fourth homegrown that was signed to Montreal Impact. That, that, back in the day, that was a huge deal, by the way. Because nowadays, like, there's, you know, academy guys mm-hmm. getting progressed, and it's, it's, it's lost a little bit of its, uh, I would say, flair to it. But I feel like back then, you know, signing a homegrown really meant that you are somebody that the club is seeing as it could be a potential superstar for the club. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. Uh, nowadays, we have uh, what a system that, that every club pretty much have. It's a luxury to scout uh, these young talents here and there. And back then, the, the thing was that there wasn't an academy of under 18 all the way down. It was really a second team and that's it. And the second team had men's in there and the average of the team was like 25 in the second team back then. Now there's, all right, 18, 16, 14, yeah, 12. Yeah. All the way down. It wasn't like this before. Yeah. So this is why maybe there was a bit of that, that spark back then compared to today because you see at 12, 14, all right, this guy, this guy, this guy. Uh, he has that potential, he has that, that little target on his back that we will achieve it. Back then it wasn't this, so maybe that's why it was a bit more special than today. Yeah, for you, is it, uh, again, this big moment for you when you got that contract? Yeah, yeah, really happy. Really, really happy. It was uh, the typical MLS contract, four years down, homegrown, sign it right now, go through the ladder and and go up from there. It was a great moment because I'm born and raised in Montreal, obviously. My club, from my heart, it was Montreal where I was an ultra at some point in my in my life at like 14, 15. <laughs> I was buying the net cheering. And now fast forward four years later, I'm like signing my first deal there. It was so for me, it was a it was a kid's dream to play for a city uh, where I'm born and raised. And then um, the work started from there. It was really all right. What can I bring to uh, to the table now? Yeah. And at the beginning, were you the, th- the third option? Yes. Okay, how was that with the that goalkeeping group and the goalkeeping coach? Did they take you under your wing? Uh, yeah, my first, I my first year was, I believe, 
I think it was right before I do sign. It was Marco Scharbaum, a Swiss uh, coach. But I started training when Jesse Marsh was there. And Jesse Marsh was there with Donovan Ricketts, if I remember well. Donovan Ricketts was there. After that, I had uh, Troy Perkins. What a great guy. Uh, I had good, had good number ones to look at and grow from. And then I had uh, Evan Bush that was there for a bit. And then he was a, a big part of a, a mentor that I had when I was a bit younger as well. But yeah, I was third string and then I worked up uh, for four years. I was uh, third, just trying to work it out. And then uh, playing still with the second team. So that was good. I needed to get my games. Uh, when it came up year number five, it was all right, time to time to play or to get up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of, I know we have the, the tangible stuff of the shot stopping, you're good with both feet and all that. Then the emotional side, where it was there anything that you were looking to work on or that they were mentoring you on oh yeah i was a loose cannon a little bit when i was young where uh, my emotions i was just i was going at it and uh, if i saw something that i didn't like i was telling the the player but i was going out of my zone because i was focusing too much on my teammates and on myself so I was so hyped that I was, hey, you need to block that shot. But I was in the wrong positioning, for example. And this is when you kind of catalyzed your your emotions and you need to, to go back to your own position and not being just the goalkeeper screaming everywhere. But yeah, I, I did learn so much about uh, about these guys, especially Evan, because I was... I was uh, a longer time with him, and I had a closer relationship with him. And what was, I mean, I saw that you went to uh, Dusseldorf, Fortuna mm -hmm. Dusseldorf, for uh, a little trial before preseason, I think in 20, uh, 2015, yeah. You went for a 10-day trial. What was what was that, I think, objective for you? Was it to try and get a contract there? Oh, no. <laughs> Copy. Okay, it's okay. There's, I'll, I'll cut that out of the video. Uh, it's probably, yeah. Probably a hole in the cup or something. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's okay. It's, okay. It's it's a good story. A good story <laughs> yeah. to tell. The show show must go on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going to Dusseldorf, what was that objective? There was an objective of getting fit for the preseason. That was uh, the number one uh, because uh, I had few training stints in Europe at, at that time because it was a longer off season and two months and a half, almost three months if you didn't make the playoff off season is way too long. So uh, the objective number one was to really get fit and then from there see do I belong in, in this level as well. I've played against uh, Breda and it did work pretty well that, that, that day. But I wasn't talking to Dusseldorf on a daily basis. It was just complete your training stint and see how, how this goes. But it was really from the start a, a training camp uh, with a training letter says that I'm going there just to get fit and that was it. But it was cool to see the experience, get to see a new culture of, of mm -hmm. football and meet some, some guys down there. Uh, yes, it was really, really fun. Yeah, and like you said, when you get that homegrown contract, it's it's great when you sign. But as you progress, you're obviously getting a lot of experience with first team guys, and you want to get your minutes in. And if it's maybe not going to be with the first team, <laughs> you're looking for opportunities maybe with uh, FC Montreal. Was there a conversation, or did you initiate that conversation to move to the USL affiliate of Montreal Impact? Uh, yeah, there was a moment that. I go up to the office and I'm wondering uh, after a season and I'm wondering what is the plan regarding uh, my playing time because I, I approach an age that I need to start playing and so if it is alone, it is alone but I just want to be clear on what's the next step for me and what's the plan 
uh, with my name in the office, you know, and it, I believe it's kind of normal for for players to have questions. And I went up and say, listen, what's the, what is the uh, the plan? Am I getting some minutes? Am I going on loan? And so we found that solution in Ottawa. And this was a, a breakout year for me where I knew what I was able to do, but I never prove it either to myself or to anybody else because I didn't have the opportunity. So, yeah. And so to get games that year was the most important thing. And it really it really uh, started off my, my career where it was basically training and getting numbers of repetition and all that stuff. But it really started when I was in Ottawa. Mm. FC Montreal played 30 appearances there. So you had 11 games the first year, second year you had 19, but the first year you had your first uh, against Rochester Rhinos. That was your uh, initial start there. I believe this game was against Jay Mack as well. Really? I think it's the year that Jay, Jay's there, that Johnny is there, I think. I would I probably probably around the same time you guys were progressing I, through the ranks there. Yeah, and I played against him when he was in uh, Bethlehem Steel. Really? Yes, I, I, I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, boy, I got to put those highlights over this. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So you obviously, yeah, you play for Montreal. You had your experiences there, and then you said you go to Ottawa, and I think that is where, from everything I've read about you, in that sense, is that that was an opportunity for you not just to get minutes, but I guess for you to prove to yourself that okay, there's there's something here because I'm actually getting the minutes and I'm performing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is this was the big deal. It was uh, you need to go there and prove that you can play a season. But even though prove to play a season. Uh, it was me in the mirror as well. Like I can do it right now, and it was me saying, "I can have full year." And you learn so much when you start playing every three, four days, or once a week, and then you start to travel and you go on these bus runs of ten hours top, and then you play the next day and you come back. It's five in the morning. You play in two days. You learn so much about these little moments, and it was a good time for me at twenty-three. It was a good time for me at 23 to do it uh, because it was a good age to, to really have a breakout year. But it was really me against myself proving it. I can do it. And obviously the eyes that were focused on what's Max doing, uh, it, it was good to see because uh, people were, were watching, were paying attention. I feel like there is pressure in that, in that sense. At that time, I don't think so. Yeah, that was some sort of pressure. Yes, it was a type of pressure because it's either you go down to break everything and that it's in your way. When I say you go down, you go to the USL, you go lower the one division to have some minutes and you got to break everything and you got to kill it. Or you have an okay season and then the opinions around you and the, the eyes are saying, ah, He's not ready or he's not what we expected to be. But I really did not focus about that. I had my, my goalkeeper coach, uh, my mentor, Youssef Daha, who's been with me for ages. And uh, we still talk every, every few weeks. But it was really good to, uh, to get me ready at every single game and to really push at training. And to, it was the, the, the reason why I was able to, to, to have a season like this too, because uh, he was the man who was prepping me every day. What did he provide to you that maybe you needed at the time? Youssef, uh, the human side, we had two persons that look alike. We are really, really intense. And then when we have something in mind, we go for it. So the, at the first first uh, few training sessions, uh, I learned the hard way that he's uh, passionate and uh, he will not sugarcoat what he has to say. And me, I'm, I'm somebody who is really intense. And so that matchup was really a good one on a personal level and then professional-wise. Youssef pushed us so hard in training from when we were like 
15 to uh, to now to this day i'm sure in vancouver the the guys are <laughs> dying sometimes yeah. in training uh, and it's his methodology of work but this is why i like to work hard as well this is how it kind of formed me glued me into that mentality yeah the coaching side it's always very it's always tricky you always have everyone come in with their complex set of emotions and from the coaching side it's you're just trying to find the right way to approach each goalkeeper. So it sounds like Yusuf understood you and you guys understood each other. Um, but were there ever any days where it was just kind of like, yeah, it's, you being a little too hard on me today? Or were you kind of uh, like, I understood where he was coming from? I understand where he was coming from, but we definitely clashed a few times in two other years because I had an opinion and he had another one. And that's part of the process professional environment it's not always skies blue and the birds are singing you know yeah. uh, it's not always this but we had some some clashes all the time respectful all the time the respect was there and we can talk through through opinions and even though sometimes it was more heated than others because we are both passionate guys we have that mutual respect that it, it was a, a great fit and he really took me when I was 15, started training, started to work on my technique, tactic, all that stuff through where I am now. I know it's because of, of his philosophy and his kind of work. So it, it, we have a, an amazing relationship once again. Like uh, this is really rare to find a, a mentor like this, I, I believe, because it's a, it's a story of like 13 years of work. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it sounds like it was right place, right time for you and him where you guys found each other at the right time. So that's uh, like most players. I think we all have one or two coaches or people that came into our lives at the right moment. Give us that uh, that, that spirit and that uh, energy to continue pushing forward. And, and from there, you, I mean, you didn't have just a good season. You had a great season. I think you, there was one, uh, one month where you guys, you didn't concede a goal for six games. That was a month of May, I remember. Yeah. Okay. So you have, <laughs> so that right away, I mean, that, that is, that's, Great. And then you continue yeah. that where you have 15 shutouts, which is still the USL record. So not only are you going down a level, but now you're proving not just to yourself, but to the organization that you are somebody to be taken seriously because you can lead a team and do that. So in that team, were you the leader or were you someone that complimented the leaders? I was, I think I was a silent leader back then where when I had to say something, I said it and I always did. But I, I remember we had a few vets like Nana Adakora, Carl Hayworth, Max Tissot, Jamar Dixon and guys that that had uh, great careers i think max max is the only one uh, still playing jamar retired last year nana's assistant in uh, oakland carl hayworth is still playing in ottawa i believe and captain of ottawa still these guys were the the soul of the team and me as a younger guy coming in but with the same anger and the same vision as them i think i was just one of the complement of the team but when i had to say something i was always uh, speaking out as well as uh, leaders, sometimes it's on the field. It's a little bit in the locker room, but it's on the field as well, where you need to to make actions to uh, to change the course of the season. And I believe it worked well that year. Yeah. Yeah. What was that transition now that you're going from Ottawa, where you are again maybe a silent leader, but also someone who's contributing, to coming back to the Montreal Impact? And again, now you're maybe moved up one step. So now you're not the third goalkeeper anymore. Now you're the second goalkeeper behind Evan Bush. What was that 2017 season like for you? Was it like make or break? Was it like, let me try and get my games where I can? Or what was, what was your mindset there? Yeah, after Ottawa, uh, it, it was great for me because uh, it was either I go up in, in the office and once again I ask, well, what's the game plan? Evan had a great season as well when I was in Ottawa. And so I went up there, Remy Gard is the coach. 
And uh, I said, uh, I never really had one sessions with Remy. I, I, what's up, boys? This is all the stuff that people don't know. But this is, <laughs> this is, this is the stuff that people don't know. But what makes this, this thing great is that everybody's in it. And, and what, everybody has a big <laughs> smile coming in into the office. It's amazing. Yes. Um, small bit of details. <laughs> uh, coming back to there, I go back to the, the office and ask Remy Gard a 15-minute conversation of the year. I'm like, all right, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Evan uh, had a great year. I come back from Ottawa. Lay it out on me. What are the cards on the table at the moment? I said, we're not in the club's vision. For, you're not going to play this year. Evan's going to be our guy. So, okay, perfect. And I said, thank you very much were being straight up with me and honest and i this moment i was in a place that i was ready to play i had even more hunger to do to achieve great things so 15 minutes later i asked a trade because i was like all right it's not gonna happen now it needs to happen now for my career and if it's not here i'll be somewhere else and uh the trade to vancouver came one month later wow now you do play a little bit you played in the canadian i think the canadian championship mm -hmm. you play you guys got to the final and i just watched the highlights last night so i think that last goal from giovinco was was a killer in the oh final. man 90 second <laughs> in bmo field yes yeah. yes uh now bmo field here in, uh, in la but bmo uh, stadium. BMO stadium <laughs> there we go but yeah i think again you get your your little taste in there as well but it seems like you're saying you're like you know what man like i kind of know what i'm i'm capable of i know what i want to mm. do and and just let me get out of here you move to vancouver let me get this right here. You do move to Vancouver and you actually, I think it's for, oh my God, $50,000 and yeah. $50 in TAM and a third round pick, which again is, is pretty good money for. Yeah, yeah. maybe two, two bags of soccer balls, <laughs> one cooler, something like this. <laughs> It's still, it's still nice to at least know that uh, your name carries something and in, in that transfer there's there's a good exchange there. But Vancouver, fresh start for you and, and was the objective for you i'm going to a club that i can play from the start or were, what was the conversations there? no it was uh it, it was two goalkeepers uh, at the time where zach mcmath was playing uh, ahead of andre zach was traded to vancouver andre came in to philly and never never left philly uh that was his office his 18 mm -hmm. yard box and then uh, Zach had uh, maybe 100 MLS games under his belt, and I had a great season under my belt. And it was really, you're going to have the same amount in preseason. You both will have your chance. And based on training and games in preseason, we will make a choice. And this is how it went down in the, the, the whole year. I started the year, and I, I didn't look back from there. But uh, it was uh, it was literally two guys going at, at it. Once again, being respectful, having a good relationship. But uh, business is business on the field where we both needed to prove the club and the environment that uh, we could be the guy for the team. I think that's that's something that I've heard from you earlier is that, like I needed to prove to myself. Mm -hmm. It's not really necessarily about proving to anybody. Because I think if you prove it to yourself and you have high objectives and high goal set for yourself you're gonna affect the way people look at you because if you're setting yourself at that standard and you continue to beat it i think that is where the people start to notice it mm -hmm. but also too at the end of the day you're able to control that and then move that to all facets of your life and so vancouver was that also maybe like that breakthrough moment of like okay i'm doing what i need to do and now i'm getting the reward for it not at the usl level but at the mls level it was uh i knew I, that i had it in me now it was about to confirm it without 
putting anything bad words into Ottawa. It was just or teammates. It was a better environment and a better level and a higher stake. It was, it was the the real deal in, here in North America. It was great to, for this moment. I need to prove it to myself and yes, the environment as well. I remember I was on my last year of contract as well so it was like what's next for me after this i don't know uh, it, it was uh, it was a good one and interesting one to see so it was there at, at that time i came in and i'm like i need to have the same season just to confirm it because uh, you're able to do it can you do it again and that was the a good thing for me to to put it put it out there and express myself basically yeah yeah tell me a little bit about that first season Personally, on a level, it was a hell of a season. Probably my best so far because you are bombarded from here and there. Vancouver Whitecaps was going through a re rebuild and uh, rebuild from scratch, from top to bottom. So we uh, we we had a year of uh, difficulty. I think we have uh, five wins over the whole season, and um, it, I got shots from everywhere, crosses from everywhere, which was great for me because uh, first year in the league and you you get bombarded, so. Uh, it was good to prove once again that I was able to make some actions for your organization. In that case, over the 34 games, I, I did a pretty good job. What were some of the major improvements that you had? I think it was more experience of uh, dealing through highs and lows of games, managing your rhythm, managing your players as well. Uh, this was a big big aspect of it because in training you can train 5,000 times but it doesn't it doesn't come close to the game time when you need to really communicate to one of the guys in front of you this little detail at this time of the game or just share a love tap to say amazing job or whatever it doesn't these little moments you just gain them on the field when the 90 minutes are completed you don't get them in training and um, these were the, the best moments of the, of the year. And obviously, I had some good moments in 2019 where uh, I'm proud of it. But it was the year that I was just game after game after game, having so many shots that it was easy because the engine was warm. Just so just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So gears, were, it, gears were spinning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then you obviously then COVID comes. And it's kind of a, a tough year for everybody. But you guys have the MLS's back. Well, first off, when COVID did come, were you kind of like, oh, but I mean, obviously, yeah, it's a pandemic, but also too shit. Like, I just worked my ass off <laughs> to get to become the starter, and now I'm kind of back at square one here. Uh, yeah, 2020 was an interesting one for everybody, yeah, uh, yeah. but there comes the bubble, basically. I broke my thumb second game against Seattle, and that kept me out for the whole year, and I was only back January 2021 at national team camp in January. So... Uh, 2020 was really an interesting year of, yes, of course, the pandemic arrives. But in the meantime, football is on was on hold once again because of my thumb. So it was a slow year. Yeah. What was that recovery? How long was that? Like six months? Six months, yeah. I had uh, the base of the thumb detached and I had one, two, and three wires sticking in there for one month. I had to remove the wire, another month in the cast. So two months immobilized, basically. You gotta, I don't have yet all the mobility, but it's normal because after <laughs> surgery, you never come back to your full mobility. But the strength is there, uh, the strength is there. It was difficult at first to break all the scar tissue 
and uh, the soft tissue work i think that's the the biggest part of uh, surgery especially in my hand because it was contact 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 mm. so uh, you gotta put a piece of wood and just bite on it <laughs> so that was the hard the the yeah the hardest part of it and then after that obviously when you get to the field and you start getting your little cues on the field and little habits um on the field things are are easier but the first few steps it's a ride it's a ride yeah yeah and uh you guys so you you come back the thumb is healed but that that 21 season you guys no longer in rebuild I think you guys make the playoffs that yeah. season okay what were what was that memories of that I, I was super motivated because yes you come back from an injury so you're like oh yeah here we go again you know and then yes obviously we have a bit of a feel of a normal season uh, even though we were not traveling in the east we basically played all the team in the west maybe one or two team in the east and that's it so it was yeah back at it another 34 games perfect and we have a better team the rebuild the, the foundation has been laid and it's not a rebuild anymore it's more all right let's try to get above that red line at the end of the season and uh, we stick in there we we're at the last game against seattle home there's a free kick at the edge of the box scramble five guys throwing bodies in front of me balls loose big block on the line from that moment i think salt lake scores on the other game because it's decision day scores in the other game makes us in and them out oh man i don't know <laughs> i don't remember the full extent of it but like literally last second of the season we make the playoff it was just enjoying the football again after a year of oh pandemic and then break of the thumb and then I was I, like I said I was like oh man I'm back because I felt I felt great so I was just uh happy to to play again you did have like I think it was that season you had a viral moment no against Atlanta oh that was the first year that was 2019 oh 2019 okay yeah the, the, the three, three yeah that was 2019 at BC place yeah it was a good one this one I was just like boom 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 yeah I remember I remember I remember seeing it I was like again uh, I knew who you were and, you know, I was watching USL all the time. So I would watch the highlights and then I remember seeing you make those saves and I was like, okay, it's good to see that this guy's actually progressing and actually playing for, you know, a top club in the MLS now. And then that save just kind of blew up because, I mean, I run a, ch I run a, a Instagram channel that everybody mm -hmm. was like, you got to post this, like get the rights from MLS, get it going, let's go. <laughs> and I think that was a, a big one. I mean, like people call you or like what was the... Uh, I mean, my, my phone was was pretty hot the next two days after this one because yes, it did uh, went viral and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I didn't really expect this. You know, I was just... Uh, I was just doing my job and I, I was really focusing on the next Wednesday game probably yeah. and then when this happened. I was, it was just uh, cool to see that people did enjoy that that chain of, of saves. So it was fun to, to see, but I did not really say, oh, wow. I, I wasn't paying that much attention. I Refocus. Was just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's like a microcosm of what happens at Vancouver, though. A lot of shots, and this one, unfortunately, you had, I mean, the stat sheet looked great that day, three saves back to back to back. <laughs> so, I mean, Vancouver, what was the step after that season? Were you looking to resign? Was maybe Montreal coming back, or what was the... I had the, so exactly, the 20, 2021 after this season, um, I, I, I sit down with my wife, my family, and I was like, I was in a point where I wanted to do something in, in, in the league. Uh, I was in a point where I know what I could bring to a table to, to an organization and, and uh, I wanted to win trophies. And that being said, uh, 
the opportunity came to arrive here and uh, my agent pushed uh, everybody that worked together to make the deal happen. And once I arrived here, it was brand new, brand new start. And it was, let's get the business and, and we have the potential to, to get trophies. And uh, this was the main focus. It was really, I'm, I'm 28 now, gonna have 29 this year. Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Getting there. So uh, it's, it's time now. It's time. Uh, I'm entering slowly uh, the peak, I believe, where I'm entering the best years. And so uh, what do you want to do in your career? And this is where I, I was. I wanted to join an, uh, an organization who wants to achieve uh, big things. And so uh, from there, we start working and we had a we had a good season. Yeah, just like with Yusuf, right? You had the you're coming in with the hunger. He has the same kind of mentality. You guys mesh really well. It seems like. Uh, here at LAFC, you had, you know, goalkeepers, kind of a revolving door. You just never really settled in. You had Tyler Miller at the beginning, who probably had a little bit more of a grip on the position. And then as things started to progress, it was just like back and forth, different guys. So the ambition of the club, plus your ambition to win a championship and to finally solidify that number one spot in the club, they met at the same time. And it was perfect. I would say perfect marriage because nothing's ever perfect, but it was a, a marriage that made sense. And like I said, the first I mean sessions that I was working with you or even seeing you, you could just tell like there's little like things about your technique or there's little things about the sequences or the situations and training that you want to improve. And you can almost tell like you're either coaching yourself, you're asking for advice or you're just trying to like, you know, okay, next rep, let's go. That wasn't good enough. Let's go again. I know we said five. I'm on number six, but I need number seven. Let's go. Come on. Mm -hmm. and I think that's where uh, it felt to me like, okay, we finally found, and even seeing the set pieces, man, like knowing where everyone needs to go, communicating it, not even communicating, demanding it. And I was sitting there behind the goal going like, ah, okay, this is my first time really around someone like this. And now I'm realizing this is what you, for me at least, what I like in a goalkeeper. So you unlocked a little like thing in my head to make me say, okay, if I need to, you know, look for goalkeepers, this is something that I really want. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. But yeah, I mean, this uh, this is a big part of it. And when you first arrive, you don't know a lot of players. There was a few new faces, but with the core already installed in, in the organization, in the team. So it was really, really like, hey, I'm Max. Nice to meet you, everybody. Uh, let's get to know each other. But in the on the field, it's business as well. Like, we need to work. We have some stuff to do. Everybody was on the same mentality as well. It was like, all right. We, we know what's the talent in this locker room. We know what we can achieve. And uh, everybody worked in the same way, in the same line. Everybody was committed. Uh, the commitment was, was great. This is the bit of details, like I told you, that I, I love to work. And I always say qu quality over quantity. But if I don't like the last two reps, I'll do another two. That's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, I'd rather be a bit like, whew, I pushed too much a bit. Then I'm like, oh, I did nothing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like that feeling better. I like to be overworked in the week instead of being under workout so yeah it's your mind ready to go and you have no question marks on the weekend yeah so i mean obviously steve comes in the new head coach you have oka new goalkeeper coach so for you i mean it's there's a lot of pressure here in la so did you feel that there was something different about the experience or were you kind of like again head down go to work it's just like everything else i tried to add that that uh that look, the head down and, and work, which I, I always have and I always had. But I did feel a sense of we need to win here. We need to win. And it's totally normal as the expectations uh, the the city has these expectations, not only in, in the, at the bank, at BMO Stadium, <laughs> not only at BMO Stadium, uh, the bank I uh, saw yesterday with the bank uh, with a C or a K and people were, <laughs> were in between. But it's at the bank. The yeah, bank yeah. is the bank. It'll be that, yeah. So, uh 
when we go to the bank, you have that sense, you know, uh, the supporters that have a great relationship with uh, since day one, they push you and all that stuff. And so you feel that that little bit of attention. And for me, for a first year, now it's the second year, I, I take that under my belt and I know how, how to manage better these moments. Uh, but at first it was a bit of, uh, of tension, excitement, maybe pressure on myself because of that these expectations maybe but now it's under my belt so it's going to be even better for the second year three two five two man there there's something different huh oh yeah uh, best in the league honestly um you you go to a lot of the stadiums and in, in the league but once you're at the bank things are different it dwarfs everything else yeah yeah going into this season obviously you have your objectives you have your ambitions I mean, you guys end up winning it all. So, like, what was it now, again, not even just being the number one, but now with a club that their the expectation every single game is to win. And mm -hmm. if you have maybe uh, a, a loss and a tie, the, the whole world is crumbling. Was there, what was that that new kind of experience like? Yeah, it, it was good because um, I'm, I'm someone who, who wants to win every single game. Every game, there's three points to grab. Uh, we had that, uh, that month, I believe it was September, I think, where... Uh, We had like three losses, one tie or two tie, two wins in like six games or something like this. I don't remember exactly the record uh, when we had the, the little bit of a drop and people were like, oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it happens to pretty much every team. Like, uh, is it is it alarming? No, but do we need to get it back together? Yes, because uh, it would. But I believe we had that little down in a good moment because it was right uh, before the last month of action where we picked up again. And we entered the the playoffs with some momentum. But yeah, this is, I am like this as well. Mm -hmm. I want to win every game. So I understand. And I go back to when I was 14 and 15 and I was buying the net in Montreal. I had the same passion screaming down. So I, I completely, I'm completely on board with that. This is our job. This is normal. This is the real football. This is what it is. And you go down over, over the pond and there's relegation and promotion. Things change as well. So I'm on board with that. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you do play the Gold Cup that year, correct? In 2021? Yes. Okay. So you play all the matches, yeah. essentially. And you do pretty well. You guys get to, I think it was the semifinal or the... Yeah, semifinal, Mexico and Dallas, I think. Yeah. Okay. So now again, it's a lot of things are... They're starting to add up a little bit. You're getting the opportunities now. <clears throat> I mean, LAFC bought you for a million dollars. Like it wasn't a an easy sell like it was a, a big deal and then obviously now with the national team you're actually you know getting serious consideration you're being the number one with the world cup year coming into this year um and then you know during the world cup cycle you do get i think in the september window or i think around three. That, three games yeah. so again it's going into the world cup where you thinking okay it's adding up i'm pro i can be the starter for this and then obviously with mls ambitions whereas everything kind of like you said you just i'm here to win but also too now you're like i'm i'm the guy Uh, no, you're never the guy. Okay. You're always someone. There's always someone breathing down your neck. There's always somebody. You're never untouchable in an organization. Never. That's the that's the <laughs> business. Yeah. Except if you're Messi uh, or Ronaldo. Even Ronaldo. Look, uh, in, in their primes, okay, maybe these two athletes, you know, but pff, nobody's untouchable. Uh, it's so important to keep your, your head down and to keep your feet on the ground as well. I, I had a good momentum, you're right, because of the season of uh, last year. We had a great year and then things started to, to, to end well as well because uh, I started to prove myself a bit more in the international level. And international football is 
two different things compared to club football. There's a there's a travel. There's players. The system is different. Turnarounds are really really fast because you go to. I remember the windows. Uh, you have to play in Honduras. You go back up to Toronto. It's like uh, in two days you play again, and it's it was freezing cold. You go back all the way back down to Salvador. And the other day you're in Costa Rica. After that you go back to Toronto once again. Back down to Costa Rica. It's so it's moving a lot in these qualification period. It was really tight turnaround, and you pass more hours on the plane than on the field literally when these things happen it was like oh nice i'm i'm slowly getting into the mold of it and obviously the national team we had we had a, such a, a tight team in a good group and uh, i know i was the second of milan milan was uh, our guy uh, for for the campaign and i knew that but i knew how to give my best how to bring his best out for the group as well and so i think it was just slowly me being more of a silent leader once again uh, that I can be there in training and on the games uh, to take the team where it needs to be sometimes uh, but I knew Milan was uh, was definitely the, the man for this campaign yeah. and again we are running a little bit low on time I gotta get you out of here in a few minutes but uh, you know, MLS Cup final I mean that's we all know what happens in, yeah. in that situation no, what but, happened? <laughs> but uh, I think the coffee stain is more important than the, the injury now well, just people can see this <laughs> yeah, they probably can yeah um, no nah, but I mean MLS Cup what do you remember before the injury at the end of the game yeah. but like I mean, you worked everything up until that point. What was that morning like? What were you? It's a really intense uh, week. Like the week is, you try to prepare as a normal week, but it is not a normal week. You sense it. Uh, there's media day. After that, there's the five thousand uh, shows, journalists, article. You need to shut down everything to drain all these out and focus on on the game week it's just uh, that your old entourage and the whole league is living on to that last game of the season so it's not a normal week even though you're trying to be a little bit normal and do the same stuff as the usual the the staff made an unbelievable job with this to shut everything down and to really focus on the game absolutely that was a primordial primordial to to the success uh, but this game was very, very, very intense. It was back and forth, uh, you know, fairly physical team. We met each other early in the season, did a 2-2 tie in this game. <laughs> Unbelievable 3-3. But it was an unten- intense game uh, that you have to live one moment at a time. You cannot put yourselves ahead. It's really like one action at a time, especially when it's a, a tight one and you don't see that much action in the game. And obviously, there's that that action, that pass coming through. I need to go, and we all know what happened. I got the worst of it. But at the end of the day, you, I don't think when I'm on the field where my body just goes and it's just instinct. And that was the that was the moment. There's instinct going, and I saw that through ball. I did it all year long. I know there's a through ball or a pass back, uh, whatever. If the ball is coming to me, I, I need to defend the space in front of me as well, not just the goal. And I was like, all right, I'm going. Like, it was not even negotiable. Mm-hmm. And there it is. <laughs> yeah. And that moment was like, okay, I, let's see how bad this is. Or you knew how bad it was. You knew right away World Cup was done. Like, wh- what was going through your mind as soon as you were, like, maybe getting carded off? Yeah, so on the field, numb for five, six seconds, no pain, no nothing. I, I, I heard it. I heard a snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard a snap, and I'm like, ah. Me or him, I, I don't know. Everything is numb, and I kind of spin off on the field. Look at my leg. Shit! Right away, I see it. it's crooked. I have an eye contact with Ilya. 
Ely and I would look at each other. We both look at the bench. We say, like, "Come right now." And from there, pain arrives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pain arrives. You get carted off in the tunnel in the ambulance. Now the adrenaline is kind of dropping a little bit because it's such a high of adrenaline. Um, it's dropping a little bit with my wife, or with my uh, my parents, my in laws, and we all look at each other. I look at Christina, and we knew it was over. And then just tears. Uh, emotions right away in the ambulance right away pff, uh, nightmare and then uh, we got the notification we were still in the stadium when Garrett equalized so we heard it in the ambulance we got the notification my dad called me and we were champions so that was that was amazing <laughs> but once again a roller coaster emotions uh, I just remember seeing I think Paul was FaceTiming with you and the guys were FaceTiming with you and then I just let you Max is like yeah Max uh, John is yelling at you like I love you man so like were you I mean just at that point too like you're there's so many things man like World Cup's gone. Injury. And then it's like, how long am I going to be out for? I'm getting carted out. Then my, my boys are celebrating. I'm on morphine. Season. I'm on, I'm on, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a wild, wild experience. Uh, unbelievable. Like, I mean, rollercoaster emotions of uh, winning it all. Then my World Cup's gone. So there was a bit of a realization at this time. Then FaceTime the boys. Big hype once again. And then, oh, man, they need to, while I'm at the hospital and all that stuff, doctors needs to evaluate this thing. So without going into the medical stuff, man, it was painful. It was so painful. And, yeah, they gave me narcotics. I had to. I was <laughs> dying almost. So it was like, whew, I'm, I'm in another world right now. I'm in the, I'm in the vapes, you know. So it was, when I woke up from surgery uh, the next day, Things things were better. Things were better. Still not a hundred percent, but things were better. But like the first twenty four hours, whew, what a ride! Well, I I can't wait to you back on the field. I know that uh, the process is is the process, so you kind of mm-hmm. have to get through it. But I know you have to get through to your rehab now or your you know your routine. So uh, any just last words, I guess, for anybody who is maybe at a club, it's not working out. Like the progression's not as as nice and it's straightforward and the sky is not always blue any maybe motivation for them yeah i mean it's it's so uh it's touchy sometimes because the brain want, always wants to go faster than the process sometimes look at me with the injury sometimes i just want to go faster than what it is but the body i gotta heal and uh sometimes life does work out well sometimes where my a lot of people that i know and that i love always told me to be patient and I'm not someone that is too much patience in life. You saw me on the field sometimes, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not that patient in life, which I need to work every single day. But if it does not work out and you still put the work and you, you want to be better and you do everything in order to improve and achieve the next step, well, and you have a bit of patience and you do this, it cannot always be great. Uh, one day it'll flip the switch and and you will move on from the situation that you are in and that's uh that's in football for goalkeeping but it's in pretty much every aspect of it if you keep showing up a bit patient and you know i'm not saying this all be a super optimistic optimistic and uh everybody goes through rough times but if you keep showing up and a bit of patience, and it's not always great. At the end of the day, uh, it'll be light there, yeah. 
All right, Max. Well, I know one day I want to have you back on for a longer time. I don't know, yeah. There's probably more things we can get into, but I'll let you get to what you need to get to. I thank you for your time, and hopefully uh, we'll see you on the field soon. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Of course. Thank you, bro. Take care.